This episode of Getting the Word with Truth's Table is brought to you by IVP. What does it look like to read the New Testament through the eyes of Native North American storytellers? Keep listening to find out more about the First Nations version. And by Truth's Table. If you've been blessed by these daily audio Bible podcast readings, please consider supporting Truth's Table on Patreon at patreon.com slash truthstable. This is IVP. Get in the Word with Truth's Table. Presented by Innervar City Press. The Daily Audio Bible Podcast, read by Dr. Christina Edmondson and Akemeni Uwan. Let's get in the Word, and may the Word get in us. Open our eyes, that we may behold wonderful things in your Word. Old Testament reading, Ezekiel chapter 8 through Ezekiel chapter 10. Ezekiel chapter 8, beginning at verse 1. A desecrated temple. In the sixth year, in the sixth month, on the fifth of the month, as I was sitting in my house with the elders of Judah sitting in front of me, the hand of the sovereign Lord seized me. As I watched, I noticed a form that appeared to be a man. From his waist downward was something like fire, and from his waist upward something like a brightness, like an amber glow. He stretched out the form of a hand and grabbed me by a lock of hair on my head. Then a wind lifted me up between the earth and sky and brought me to Jerusalem by divine visions, to the door of the inner gate that faces north, where the statue that provokes to jealousy was located. Then I perceived that the glory of the God of Israel was there, as in the vision I had seen earlier in the valley. He said to me, Son of man, look up toward the north. So I looked up toward the north, and I noticed to the north of the altar gate was the statue of jealousy at the entrance. He said to me, Son of man, do you see what they are doing, the great abominations that the people of Israel are practicing here, to drive me far from my sanctuary? But you will see greater abominations than these. He brought me to the entrance of the court, and as I watched, I noticed a hole in the wall. He said to me, Son of man, dig into the wall. So I dug into the wall and discovered a doorway. He said to me, Go in and see the evil abominations they are practicing here. So I went in and looked. I noticed every figure of creeping thing and beast, detestable images, and every idol of the house of Israel engraved on the wall all around. Seventy men from the elders of the house of Israel, with Jezaniah, son of Shaphan, standing among them, were standing in front of them, each with a censer in his hand, and fragrant vapors from a cloud of incense were swirling upward. He said to me, Do you see, son of man, what the elders of Israel are doing in the dark, each in the chamber of his idolatrous images? For they think, The Lord does not see us. 
The Lord has abandoned the land, he said to me. You will see them practicing even greater abominations. Then he brought me to the entrance of the north gate of the Lord's house. I noticed women sitting there weeping for Tammuz. He said to me, Do you see this, son of man? You will see even greater abominations than these. Then he brought me to the inner court of the Lord's house. Right there at the entrance of the Lord's temple, between the porch and the altar, were about twenty-five men with their backs to the Lord's temple, facing east. They were worshiping the sun toward the east. He said to me, Do you see, son of man? Is it a trivial thing that the house of Judah commits these abominations they are practicing here? For they have filled the land with violence and provoked me to anger still further. Look, they are putting the branch to their nose. Therefore, I will act with fury. My eye will not pity them, nor will I spare them. When they have shouted in my ears, I will not listen to them. Ezekiel chapter 9, beginning at verse 1. The execution of idolaters. Then he shouted in my ears, Approach, you who are to visit destruction on the city, each with his destructive weapon in his hand. Next I noticed six men, coming from the direction of the upper gate that faces north, each with his war club in his hand. Among them was a man dressed in linen with a riding kit at his side. They came and stood beside the bronze altar. Then the glory of the God of Israel went up from the cherub, where it had rested to the threshold of the temple. He called to the man dressed in linen who had the riding kit at his side. The Lord said to him, Go through the city of Jerusalem and put a mark on the foreheads of the people who moan and groan over all the abominations practiced in it. While I listened, he said to the others, Go through the city after him and strike people down. Do not let your eye pity nor spare anyone. Old men, young men, young women, little children and women, wipe them out. But do not touch anyone who has the mark. Begin at my sanctuary. So they began with the elders who were at the front of the temple. He said to them, Defile the temple and fill the courtyards with corpses. Go. So they went out and struck people down throughout the city. While they were striking them down, I was left alone, and I threw myself face down and cried out, Ah, sovereign Lord, will you destroy the entire remnant of Israel when you pour out your fury on Jerusalem? He said to me, The sin of the house of Israel and Judah is extremely great. The land is full of murder, and the city is full of corruption, for they say, The Lord has abandoned the land, and the Lord does not see. But as for me, my eye will not pity them, nor will I spare them. I hereby repay them for what they have done. Next I noticed the man dressed in linen with the writing kit at his side, bringing back word. I have done just as you commanded me. Ezekiel chapter 10, beginning at verse 1. God's glory leaves the temple. As I watched, I saw on the platform above the top of the cherubim something like a sapphire resembling the shape of a throne, appearing above them. The Lord said to the man dressed in linen, Go between the wheelwork underneath the cherubim. Fill your hands with burning coals from among the cherubim and scatter them over the city. He went as I watched. The cherubim were standing on the south side of the temple when the man went in and a cloud filled the inner court. Then the glory of the Lord arose from the cherub and moved to the threshold of the temple. The temple was filled with the cloud while the court was filled with the brightness of the Lord's glory. The sound of the wings of the cherubim could be heard from the outer court, like the sound of the sovereign God when he speaks. When the Lord commanded the man dressed in linen, take fire from within the wheelwork from among the cherubim, the man went in and stood by one of the wheels. Then one of the cherubim stretched out his hand toward the fire that was among the cherubim. He took some and put it into the hands of the man dressed in linen, who took it and left. The cherubim appeared to have the form of human hands under their wings. 
As I watched, I noticed four wheels by the cherubim, one wheel beside each cherub. The wheels gleamed like jasper. As for their appearance, all four of them looked the same, something like a wheel within a wheel. When they moved, they would go in any of the four directions they faced without turning as they moved. In the direction the head would turn, they would follow without turning as they moved. Along with their entire bodies, their backs, their hands, and their wings, the wheels of the four of them were full of eyes all around. As for their wheels, they were called the wheelwork. As I listened, each of the cherubim had four faces. The first was the face of a cherub, the second, that of a man, the third, that of a lion, and the fourth, that of an eagle. The cherubim rose up. These were the living beings I saw at the Kabar River. When the cherubim moved, the wheels moved beside them. When the cherubim spread their wings to rise from the ground, the wheels did not move from their side. When the cherubim stood still, the wheels stood still. And when they rose up, the wheels rose up with them, for the spirit of the living beings was in the wheels. And the glory of the Lord moved away from the threshold of the temple and stopped above the cherubim. The cherubim spread their wings, and they rose up from the earth while I watched. When they went, the wheels went alongside them. They stopped at the entrance to the east gate of the Lord's temple as the glory of the God of Israel hovered above them. These were the living creatures that I saw at the Kabar River, underneath the God of Israel. I knew that they were cherubim. Each had four faces, each had four wings, and the form of human hands under the wings. As for the form of their faces, they were the faces whose appearance I had seen at the Kabar River. Each one moved straight ahead. New Testament reading. 2 Timothy chapter 1 through 2 Timothy chapter 2 verses 1 through 13. 2 Timothy chapter 1 beginning at verse 1. Salutation from Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to further the promise of life in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my dear child, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. Thanksgiving and charge to Timothy. I am thankful to God, whom I served with a clear conscience as my ancestors did, when I remember you in my prayers as I do constantly, night and day. As I remember your tears, I long to see you, so that I may be filled with joy. I recall your sincere faith that was alive first in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am sure is in you. Because of this, I remind you to rekindle God's gift that you possess through the laying on of my hands. For God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and self-control. So do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me, a prisoner for his sake, but by God's power accept your share of suffering for the gospel. He is the one who saved us and called us with a holy calling, not based on our works, but on his own purpose and grace granted to us in Christ Jesus before time began, but now made visible through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus. He has broken the power of death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. For this gospel, I was appointed a preacher and apostle and teacher. Because of this, in fact, I suffer as I do. But I am not ashamed because I know the one in whom my faith is set, and I am convinced that he is able to protect what has been entrusted to me until that day. Hold to the standard of sound words that you heard from me and do so with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Protect that good thing entrusted to you through the Holy Spirit who lives within us. You know that everyone in the province of Asia deserted me, including Phygelus and Hermogenes. 
May the Lord grant mercy to the family of Onesiphorus, because he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my imprisonment. But when he arrived in Rome, he eagerly searched for me and found me. May the Lord grant him to find mercy from the Lord on that day. And you know very well all the ways he served me in Ephesus. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1-13 through 13. Serving faithfully despite hardship. So you, my child, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And what you heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful people who will be competent to teach others as well. Take your share of suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No one in military service gets entangled in matters of everyday life. Otherwise, he will not please the one who recruited him. Also, if anyone competes as an athlete, he will not be crowned as the winner unless he competes according to the rules. The farmer who works hard ought to have the first share of the crops. Think about what I am saying, and the Lord will give you understanding of all this. Remember Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, a descendant of David. Such is my gospel, for which I suffer hardship to the point of imprisonment as a criminal. But God's message is not imprisoned. So I endure all things for the sake of those chosen by God, that they too may obtain salvation in Christ Jesus and its eternal glory. This saying is trustworthy. If we died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. If we are unfaithful, he remains faithful, since he cannot deny himself. This is the word of God for the people of God. May God add a blessing to the reading of his word. Let us go boldly to God's throne of grace. Sovereign Lord, I thank you for your word. Thank you, O God, for uh, just the descriptions, O God, of the cherubim. Uh, You know, in our culture, in our society, we have very mythical um, and awe historical uh, drawings and renderings and images of angels. O God, but I thank you for your word that um, is a corrective, that clarifies, that describes these supernatural be- beings that uh, that often startled the people in the Bible, oh God, and we see the reasons why we see the the wings and we see the the four faces and the wheels and and the ability to turn in different directions and oh it it can be hard to hold it all together, oh God, our finite minds can only imagine so much and and, and picture so much and envision so much, oh God. And I thank you, oh God, for the de- description, oh God, of these angels, oh God. It, it just, it, at least for me, it reminds me, oh God, that, that what we cannot see is eternal and what we do see is temporal. And I thank you, oh God, for the permanence, oh God, of the invisible realm. I thank you, oh God, that the supernatural wonder-working power is, is at work. Thank you, O oh God, for the angels, O oh God, that you that you send to do your bidding, that keep us safe, O oh God, that you that you send to guard us, O oh God, and, and to keep us. Thank you, O oh God, that you are working on so many things that we have no idea about, O oh God. But I thank you, O oh Lord, uh, that one day our faith will be made sight, O oh God, and we will see. <laughs> What has been invisible to us will be made visible, O oh God, when we are together with you 
in glory in the new heavens and new earth. Oh God, thank you. Thank you, oh Lord, that you are indeed faithful when we are faithless. And I thank you, oh Lord God, that those who suffer with you will reign with you, oh God. We are not to go and look for suffering. We are not to go and seek suffering because we know suffering will come our way. On this side, suffering will come our way. And we know the old adage uh, that we're either going into a suffering, we coming out of a suffering, or we in a suffering, oh God. And I just pray for those that are in it, oh God, that you will be their succor. That you, oh God, by the power of the Holy Spirit would uphold them with your righteous right hand. That you would help them, oh God, not to faint under the trials and tribulations, but that they will continue to press on that they would press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling in Jesus Christ. God, would you help them? Would you give them a second wind, O oh God, to persevere through great trials and tribulations, O oh God, for those that are coming out of a suffering? God, I pray. I pray that they, O oh God, would give you glory, that they would give you praise, that they would honor you, Oh God, and give you the glory for bringing them out, for answering their prayers, for drying their tears, for bottling up their tears, oh God. And that they, that they, oh God, would experience and know what it means to sow in tears and to reap in joy, oh God. And for those entering into a suffering, God, I pray. I pray, oh God, that you would send your holy angels to be encamped around them, that you, oh God, would uh, bless them, oh God, with peace with joy, uh, with a peace that surpasses all human understanding. I pray that it would guard their hearts and minds until you bring them out of the suffering. God, be near to them. Cover and keep, O Lord. May it be our testimony, O God, that the same faith (laughs) that was in our ancestors, O God, if that's our legacy, if that is our legacy in our own uh, family history, God, I pray that that same faith that resided in our ancestors would also reside in us, O oh God. And maybe, perhaps, if that's not the testimony of somebody under the sound of my voice, that, that maybe that faith legacy is starting with them. I pray that that same deposit of faith, that that would be planted into the subsequent generations to come, whether by blood or by choice or by the Spirit, through the church family, through people they're mentoring, through people they're discipling, through their nieces, through their nephews, through their godchildren. Oh God, I pray that the deposit of faith that maybe began that begins in them will be passed on to everyone whom they come into contact with. Oh God, thank you for the blood. Thank you for the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the power of God unto salvation. May we never, ever be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is the place of our worth. That is the core of our identity. And I thank you for calling us to yourself and choosing us to be your children, giving us the right to become children of God. May we never take it for granted. I pray all of this in the mighty and matchless name of Jesus. Amen. 
many First Nation tribes communicate with the cultural and linguistic thought patterns found in their original tongues. The First Nations version recounts the Creator's story, the Christian scriptures, following the tradition of Native storytellers' oral cultures. This way of speaking, with its simple yet profound beauty and rich cultural idioms, still resonates in the hearts of First Nations people. Get your copy of this rich and beautiful New Testament translation today from ivypress.com. As a listener of this podcast, you can get 30% off plus free U.S. shipping when you use the promo code THE WORD. That's promo code T H E W O R D at ivypress.com. We pray this time of getting the word with Truth Table has encouraged us all to not only be hearers of God's word, but doers. Share your reflections on these scriptures with us on Twitter and Instagram using the hashtag GetInTheWord and hashtag TruthsTable. Saints, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Go with God. Get in the Word with Truth's Table is a production of InterVarsity Press. For 75 years, IVP has created and published resources that deepen lives for Christ to engage the university, church, and the world. Visit ivpress.com for more information. Our Bible reading plan is from biblestudytogether.com, and the Bible version is the new English translation used by permission. Sound engineering is from Pottery Studios, and our executive producer is Helen Lee. Let's go, let